0: Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. We're on episode 49, Coaching Isn't Working. Now what? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. So it's, we've of course been exploring coaching and all kinds of dimensions. And let's say you have embraced this concept, dusted off your coaching cape, you got it on solidly, you know what it is, how to do it, you're avoiding the pitfalls, and you are a focused machine. But it's not working. What the heck? The good news is if you are having some challenges with coaching, we're going to explore several key areas today. And the good news is there's only a couple areas to explore because likely the problem is either with you or with them. (laughs) That makes it pretty simple. But let's start with you because that'd be super fun. So first thing to do if you are having a coaching challenge is to do a self-assessment. This means taking a hard look at yourself and assessing whether you are practicing all the right things from a mindset and a behavioral perspective. So we talked about earlier That coaching is a focused and intentional effort to help another person figure out the best way to achieve his or her goals, build skill sets or expertise, and produce the results that the organization needs. So there are several things we can explore with our own mindset. Here are some questions you can ask yourself. Are your intentions clear and focused? Do you have their intentions at heart? and the organizational goals in mind that is step 1 are you patient and encouraging is your mindset in the place that you know that change takes time and are you demonstrating sufficient patience for the other person to learn and grow and change number 3 is are you putting in the time required Coaching is not a short term strategy. It's a long term plan. It is so much easier to tell people what to do than help them to understand it. So that's a mindset shift. And are you there? And then the last one is are you coming from a place of helpfulness? Or are you trying to get someone to do something in the way that you've done it in the past? You believe that you are somehow right and what they're doing is somehow wrong. And even if that mindset may get in the way of you being effective as a coach. So mindset is about intentions, patience, encouragement, time, and being helpful. Then let's take a look at your behaviors. Do you indeed clarify your intentions? Are you telling someone the value and benefits to them of the change? Are you using the right approach? In one of my recent episodes, I gave you a framework for having a good coaching discussion. Similarly, are you asking great questions to help them to understand why the change is important, how they can perform differently, and how they can achieve that goal? Are you listening really deliberately? And sometimes we have to listen to not what people are saying, but what they're not saying to us body language, facial cues give us a lot of insight into how much people are buying in and how much commitment they may have to the change. Are you engaging and supportive in your coaching discussions? And also, are you getting commitment to plans? Is someone walking away from a coaching discussion that you have with clarity and focus? And then also important, are you following through? If you can legitimately look back and explore your mindset and explore your behaviors and you say, yep, I got that cape on, I am good to go, I am doing all this, it's still not working, what are we going to do? Now we're going to do a little audit on that individual. I really want you to think about a coaching challenge you're having right now and think about this person and where they might be stuck. So we're going to talk about what else might be going on. You're having good coaching discussions with them, but it's just not changing. It's not working. We're going to consider this from several different angles, starting out with the difference between motivation and competency. Those are two very different things. And we have to kind of diagnose what's going on. Is it a will issue, which is motivation, or is it a skill issue? And that would be competency. So motivation and competency are our first lens that we want to look through. And at the same time, we're going to look at several other factors that influence people's behavior. And this is called the six sources of influence. You can find more about this by Carrie Patterson, Joseph Granny, David Maxfield, Ron McMillan, and Al Switzler. Um, they uh, identified this six Uh, sources of influence, and they wrote about it in one of their books. It's really good, but I'll give you the Cliff Notes version as you're thinking about your person. The six source model really helps us think about not only motivation and competency, but it combines it with different factors, looking at it through an individual lens, a social lens, and an environment. And by looking At all those six sources, we can really expand our traditional thoughts about why people do or don't do the things that they do. Because a lot of times we tend to think of these issues as motivational issues at the heart. People just don't want to change. They're resisting. And that's kind of our default position. But that's not always true. So, source number one is it is about ourselves and it is about motivation. And this means that we have to really explore is someone taking pleasure from the current behavior or finding the desired behavior to be painful? And I'll give you some different examples of this and I'll use my, myself as an example in on this one because I love to organize things. But when it comes to planning, you, I, hate it. For all of you who've worked with me before, um, I tend to plan uh, or not do a lot of planning and I do a lot of things last minute. Um, I wait till the last moment. I get it done for the most part, um, but it's a mad rush at the end. And part of that's like an adrenaline rush. And part of it is because I'm always biting off too much uh, to chew. But if I had to actually plan things out and organize like, ooh, this is due in a week. And so I'm going to do a little bit every day. I'd be like going crazy trying to plan. That is not fun to me. So I don't get pleasure in that. I get pleasure at doing things last minute. <laughs> That's the adrenaline rush. Um, but that is the first source of influence. The second one, also about the South, but it is about enabling. This is more about competency. Does that person lack the knowledge or ability to actually perform the required tasks? Or do they feel more capable performing a different task? These first two are really at the heart of coaching. We should be exploring someone's motivation to do something and also their competency to do it. But that's sometimes challenging. And I'll use myself as an example of this. Marketing, marketing my business. It's a big you to me. And It's a big ew, like, yuck, I don't want to do it because I don't know how. And well, that's not true. I tell myself that, but I've actually invested a crap ton of time, money, and energy this year trying to learn marketing. And I will learn it, but it's definitely influenced the speed at which I've been able to move. And I had a (laughs) marketing, I still do. I have a marketing coach um, and she continues to get me, you know, excited about it, but then I have to execute and my ability to do things sometimes is just difficult. So that is source number two. Source number three is also about motivation, but it comes from others around us. So this is where the social environment has a big impact on what we do. So others like our family, or our friends, our coworkers, or even our bosses may inadvertently or not, punish the right behavior while praising the wrong behavior. And here's a really silly example, but this came up just so recently, spending time with my parents. My dad would always say things to us like, why aren't you at work? Why aren't you working? Um, And even though we were spending time with him, and we were in fact working, because of course, you can work anywhere these days. (laughs) But he would really kind of pressure us to go to work or felt like we should be at work physically, that's how you work. And it was interesting because we were always kind of like, yeah, dad, we are working and we're working here. But that kind of subtle pressure shows up at work, absolutely, with people saying certain things to us, especially our bosses, or someone who has power over us. And that kind of pressure or praise will definitely influence the things we do or don't do. Source number four is also about our social environment, but it is about not the motivation piece, it's about enabling. Do others make it hard or challenging to do the right behavior? While making it easy to do the wrong behavior, I did a training class last week and they were talking about the peer pressure at work to not be able to say no to new assignments. And yet, people's capacity was already being stretched to the limit, but they didn't feel like they could say no. So, there was a little bit of social pressure there, but there was also others that were hindrances. And um, they talked about, you know, certain project managers or people that would literally say, no, you have to get this done. And so people would work night and day trying to get something done rather than finding uh, work-life balance or taking care of themselves, which is the downside of that behavior. And then source number five is more about the environmental factors. So this is all the things around us. And again, we'll look at both motivation and enabling. But motivation in the environment are focused on things like the formal reward structure that encourages the wrong behavior while discouraging the right behavior. And I think back of an example of I managed a sales team. And one of the things that I really wanted that sales team to do was to collaborate and partner with each other help each other out. However, the reward structure for them was very much focused on their individual goals. So it was a constant challenge to try to coach people to do something in which they weren't rewarded. And in fact, they were punished financially for doing that. And then the last one, source six, is also about the environmental factors, but it is about enabling people to do the right thing. So the environment or the structure or policies, procedures, rules, all the things that make it either challenging or um, impossible to do the right behavior, while making it easy to do the wrong behavior. The example of as companies go to this hybrid work environment. This has been really interesting to watch because some, in, some companies offer a hybrid work environment and then make it so easy for people to get the equipment they need, the support they need, the communication, everything is in place to make that a good decision. Other companies said, sure, you can work at home, but we're not going to provide you technology or resources or help. And I've seen this with um, someone in my family that, yeah, they can work hybrid and they can work at home, but you have to buy your own equipment. You are your own IT help. If any issues come about where you can't get connected, that's all on you. And then if you are disconnected, you have to take vacation time for that. It's it's very inflexible. So on one hand, there has been some research that suggests that people are actually more efficient and effective at home in this particular case, but the environment is putting all kinds of punishments in place to actually do that and making it really difficult. All right. So... At the beginning of this episode, we talked about coaching challenges, and there are a lot of them. I've been coaching for decades, and you're going to run into challenges. And I think the first thing to do is just not freak out and know that it's okay. Coaching is challenging people and behavior and human behavior in particular is incredibly challenging. So two things we can do is one, you really have to do a very honest self assessment of your own mindset and behaviors, really come clean and really explore are you doing the right things in the right way. And then secondly, do a motivation and competency audit on the other person. Rather than just making assumptions of why they're doing or not doing something that you want them to do, really explore these six sources. And again, knowing that it is about motivation, and we can look at motivation through an individual lens, a social lens or an environmental lens. And then the same with competency. We can look at competency through an individual lens, through the social environment, and through the environmental factors. All six of those could have an impact on people changing or not. And you know what? Sometimes it's more than one. I had an example of a leader in a class last week, and he identified that all six of those influences actually were affecting that person changing. At least he had a game plan with how to tackle this and how to have a better discussion about creating the change. So that's what I have for you today. And just know that when you face one of these struggles, it is an opportunity to step back and coach yourself. And that's really what you're doing. And that's what this episode is all about, is coaching your own mind to be successful for the people that you're working with. And when you can do that with clarity, focus, You are going to make that change and you are going to overcome those challenges. Well, I hope you got some good tips, techniques, or insights around coaching in this four-part coaching series. Join me next time because we're going to talk about the power of self-awareness and how to use assessments to increase self-awareness and effectiveness.